0: Welcome to Hello Easton, PA. I'm your host, Mark Nutting. I'm the owner of Jiva Fitness, an author, business consultant, former actor, dancer, martial artist, superhero, musician, and I love to connect with others. This podcast is a way for me to share the stories of the people I meet in my adopted hometown of Easton, Pennsylvania. Hi, this is Mark Nutting. And today I'm with Joe Moranville, the owner of Quadrant, Bookmart, and Coffee Coffeehouse. Uh, and it's actually, this is, this is one of my favorite kind of interviews to do because I've known Joan for years now, but the, we always get to know each other a little bit better, you know, in these interviews. So I'm excited to have you here, Joe.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: so tell me about the Quadrant. Tell me about where you are now. What can, what can people expect when they go to the Quadrant?
1: Well, the Quadrant has uh, reached a point where we are kind of a hub for breakfast, and lunch, but I think we're known mostly for our breakfast, and we're nestled inside of a used bookstore with over 60,000 rare used and out-of-print books. Wow. So when you come in, you should expect to feel relaxed and uh, a little bit cozy, kind of comforted by the books, and, you know, relaxed with the coffee and the good food.
0: Yeah. Um, the, uh, so you do breakfast and lunch? We do. Okay. Okay. Tell me about your, oh, I don't know, your chef.
1: Well, I'm very attached to my chef. It is my son, (laughs) my son, Arvid uh, Danielsons. Uh, He has been on a journey, uh, culinary journey since he was quite young. Um, He actually helped me a lot with my catering when he was young. And then he went off to culinary school and he worked at quite a few places uh, locally. And then I brought him back on board to see if he was interested in you know, making the quadrant his legacy, also, and he seems pretty interested. He's he's making just incredible food, and I I am so proud of him. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
0: Now uh, the quadrant is this is a special year for the quadrant.
1: It is 30 years this year. 30, Mark. Years. 30 years. Yeah, that's
0: that's great. That's yeah. incredible. There aren't many businesses here that've been here that long.
1: Well, maybe they're all smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> we asked me to think about that one, but uh, yeah. Um, tell me, okay, so uh, 30 years. How did you start? How did it, how did you get the idea for it? And, you know, and give me your backstory.
1: Sure. Well, the quadrant was an ongoing concern. It was a used bookstore uh, in the community and had, uh, the, the building is a little bit storied. We can get into that at some point, but uh, it was owned by someone who was looking to sell it, and my husband was um, in a job he was not happy in. And I said, "You love books so much, you love that store. Why don't we, why don't we buy it?" And so, you know, we set out on that path and bought the store. And then there had been a small coffee house within the bookstore. It, had, mm-hmm. it was no longer active. The previous owner had shut it down. Yeah. And we thought, well, we'll just we'll start that back up, and we'll do a little bit of coffee and some sweets to go along with the books and, you know, just live kind of a relaxed, used bookstore kind of life.
0: Yeah, sounds great. I, I've got, I'm actually going to segue just a little bit. My father, it, was an avid book collector. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you talk about 60,000 books. I think we had that in our home, uh, literally, uh, because we had, big, we had a big farmhouse, we had 21 rooms. Uh, but half of them were filled with books. And I always thought to myself that he should run a coffee shop bookstore. So, I mean, it's just like Quadrant is like the vision I had for him, okay. uh, which never panned out, but it was it just like that would have been his dream kind of thing. Uh, so was it a dream and how did you, how did that go?
1: Well, it, you know, it, it wasn't anything that we had ever thought about doing until the opportunity was there, yeah. um, but then it just seemed like such a great fit. So we, we just dove right in. Um, our kids were little at the time; they were uh, four and five, and we yeah. just moved lock, stock, and barrel into the building and started finding our way.
0: And you still live live in the building? We do. Yeah. Um, so how uh, how did it develop? You, you, did you just find yourself offering more and more, bit by bit?
1: Well, on the on the coffee house side, that's what happened. Um, you know, the books the bookstore was in the front, and the coffee house was in the back. You had to kind of work your way back to it and what we found was that you know book people you could put the books on a roof in the rain and they would go up there and look <laughs> right. at them yeah, um, yeah. but the coffee house people were you know a little more tentative you know like where's the coffee house and so we switched them around to kind of draw that attention so that you could see people in the window having coffee and eating right. and that made it yeah. l- look a little more approachable i think and uh, and then over time we just added more and more um, when I was looking to set the coffee house up, I went to several other coffee houses just to see kind of what the scene was like sure. and you know what was going yeah. on. And I talked to someone very helpful uh, who gave me quite a lot of his time, you know, telling me about various things and coffee houses and product. And then he said, "Here's the thing. I know you think you know what you're going to do, but your customers will tell you mm-hmm. what yeah. you're going to do. And and pretty soon, you know, at the request of customers, well, here came sandwiches and then you know salads and we just. Added more and more as we went. We were just trying to, you know, follow whatever was going to bring in the most business at the time. because sure. Easton at the time was not the hopping place that it is now. Right.
0: Thirty years ago, right. Yeah. yeah. Very different town. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about your clientele. Then we had a little of the conversation about this. Uh, you know, we went to the, we met up just uh, at Easton Business Association networking event uh, just recently. Uh, and we got on this conversation. So tell me what your clientele was initially.
1: Well, it was young people. Uh, when we first opened, everybody said, oh, my gosh, a place, no smoking, no alcohol. People are going to be able to come and have coffee and dessert and spend an evening visiting. But the adults didn't come. They, hmm. you know, they were all still going to the bars and out to dinner. Sure. And, uh, but the teenagers found us, the, the kids from all of the high schools in the area. It really started with Phillipsburg kids, but pretty soon we had kids from Every school in the Valley that were spending their Friday and Saturday evenings at the Quadrant. And they were they were kicking soccer in the alley and stepping on my plants in the garden. And uh, they were yeah. upstairs with acoustic guitars, playing music.
0: That's such a it, cool thing. It
1: was lovely. They yeah. were just... You know, everybody has this oh teenagers thing. I, I happen to really love teenagers because they are just so interesting. They are yeah looking for themselves and they're so open to so many things and they were just lovely. They haven't had their souls crushed yet. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no. I think that's I think that's great. I mean I you know, I've always enjoyed interacting with teenagers too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and now not so much with the teenagers, right? Or, well, or, just more more adults.
1: But it's it's more adults. We don't have the evening hours anymore. Oh right, uh, yeah. yeah. So even. that I think you know probably well, would change. Did but.
0: you were you just a coffee? house? You were still just a coffee place, uh, even in the evenings. There was people, like a dinner thing. No, never dinner. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so when did you when did things start to change? Well, the city changed around you. So, tell me about its evolution. You know, and and the changes you've seen, and and what's happened with your business. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, as as more and more businesses came, and um, you know, the town got a little busier. Uh, it's Easton had this terrible reputation mm-hmm. that if you came to Easton, you were just going to get shot. You just were, you know. It yeah. was just terrible. Oh downtown Easton, it was really disheartening. And I I moved into downtown with my kids, and I I never felt unsafe, and I kept looking, you know. Sure. I knew there were things that were going on, but there wasn't anything that, to me, was so terrifying. Um, But as people became more and more accustomed to coming downtown, um, all the businesses started growing up, and and we got busier, and it, it, it really did evolve slowly, I think, with the change in the reputation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, up until a couple of years ago, I'm still hearing people from away who are just like, oh, yeah, I think Easton. And I go, ooh, you know. But Easton has changed dramatically. And I've been here about eight years. And uh, even just in those eight years, things are, you know, dramatically different.
1: Yeah, a lot. Uh, So, yes. So we... um we ended up changing our hours just because our family was growing and and we were working too many hours. Sure, you know, and you yeah. have to sometimes step back and say, "Oh,
0: quality of life yeah, there that's, somewhere." Yeah, you
1: know, that's no good. So we we got rid of the evening hours and uh, just made it. Uh, we also were seven days a week. We backed that up. And right. uh, took a day yeah. off, and so we did lose that the, the evenings, but we we gained a lot of great regulars during the day, uh, and the art community came in a lot. There were a lot of artists back in the time. Yeah. Carl Sterner, of course. Yeah, and he um, would he would
0: take us out to the quadrants. He was quadrant a huge
1: supporter visit. of ours. He would come in and give yeah. me pep talks and see how I was doing. And <laughs> it sounds like him. Yeah, and uh, just a huge supporter, uh, and so a lot of the art people came in. Um, I don't know if you recall Riverside Festival of the Arts. Yes. Um, that the inception of that was in my coffee house. You know, the the original group of people came up with it there, and yeah. um, so we were kind of a hub for a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts and a mm-hmm. lot of people that really wanted to see Easton succeed.
0: That's great. The uh, well, the Riverside Art Festival is not going on now. Uh, Easton Garlic Fest is. It t- is. T- tell me about Easton Garlic Fest. Is the origin and how that came about and what's happening now with it.
1: Sure. Well, the the inspiration for it, for me, uh, dates even further back to when Bob and Karen Doerr owned a little restaurant across the street here. And she had a kind of in-house garlic fest. And years later, when the farmer's market reinvented itself, uh, after, you know, Gloria had passed away and everybody came back on board, um, they were looking for different themes for the weekends yep. and I said hey you know that garlic fest was really kind of cool how about that and so they did a garlic fest themed weekend for a couple of years and then they said you know we're really not going to continue with that if you want to you can and I did yeah so we went from about 500 people you know to 2000 people to 5000 people each year it got a little bigger and a little bigger and uh, a few years in we were able to close the streets yeah because we drew enough people and and it just became, I don't know, the right fit for the city. Uh, I think mm-hmm. part of the reason that it's so well received is it's it's in the city on the streets. You know, streets are where cars are. So when you get to walk in them, oh yeah. it's just kind of cool. It you know is. you you yeah. get to you get to see the city from a little bit different perspective yep. and and uh, kind of own it a little bit. So the, yeah, the festival has been, for me, uh, just a, a real growth point. Cool.
0: And uh, what what year is it for the Garlic Fest now?
1: It was 20 years last year. 20 years. So twenty twenty-one this October. It's always yeah. the first weekend in October.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about you a little bit.
1: Okay. Where are you from originally? I'm, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Are you? I am a Midwesterner. My I husband hails from uh, Hannibal, Missouri. Yeah. It's up there in Mark Twain country.
0: So uh, you went to school. What was your, what, when you were in school? What did you sort of see yourself doing in the future? I'm sure. I'm pretty sure. Considering you, you had said that you know you hadn't planned on the the opportunity okay. arose. What were you thinking you would be doing?
1: You know, I, I was never a big planner, Mark. I didn't have <laughs> a vision of who I might marry or what I might do. The only thing I knew I wanted to do was travel and go new places. Hmm. That was always a real passion for me. I, I traveled in college, and um, and I always was attracted to the East Coast, and I don't even really know why. I just think New York sounded exciting, and the East Coast sounded like a very cool place. I mean, when you're in the middle of the country, you know, it's oh, it sure. just it's very different. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, what, what did you go to college for?
1: Um, I have a degree in French and anthropology. Really? With a minor in archaeology. That's interesting. Oh, yes, and I, I did some digs. Yeah, um, and you don't have to dig in the sun in Iowa in the cornfields very long <laughs> yeah. before some of the romance of that wears off. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's yeah. funny. The uh, French still using or
1: mm-hmm. I hum in French, Mark. Sometimes just to keep it fresh. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I uh, have not had a lot of opportunity to keep up with the French. There's a few people in town that yeah. could speak French, but I did I you ever
0: know. speak with Heather because she was she was fluent.
1: Um, you know I. I don't think I did, yeah no. well she
0: she always was backed away, I mean she was in you know for the listeners the uh she was in Paris for five years performing. I took uh,
1: dance with her before she left,
0: oh the, were you part of that crew yeah, uh, I was yeah, yeah, that's great
1: yep
0: um uh, the um so uh, we've made it through college You're after college mm-hmm. where'd you go? well, um, You said you were traveling where
1: i uh I was actually um going to go into the Peace Corps. I was mostly through all my interviews for the Peace Corps and was headed to Africa. And then I fell in love with this fellow from Hannibal, Missouri. And uh, <laughs> where did, you,
0: did you meet in Missouri?
1: Uh, we met in Springfield, Missouri. I went to school down in the Ozarks. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's where we met. And I pretty much decided, well, whatever adventures I had, I prefer to have with him. Okay. And uh, he took a job up here on the East Coast.
0: So he took a job where on the East Coast?
1: He was in... Um, uh, Somerville, New Jersey. He was uh-huh. with a company that built trusses, construction. Yeah. So he was kind of in that, in that world.
0: And what um, were you doing?
1: I was um, a travel agent. Yeah. I was a waitress. I was a show operations manager for uh, company Easton Events.
0: Well, okay. Easton, we jumped to Easton Events. Mm-hmm. How did you get to Easton?
1: Well, that was fun. We had moved to Washington, (laughs) New Jersey. (laughs) We had moved to Washington, New Jersey Okay. and settled in there. And that's kind of an established, cute little town. And we would go exploring every weekend. And one weekend we headed west on Highway 22 and we came over the bridge on the Delaware and we looked to our left and there was Easton. And I thought that looks like Beirut after a bombing. It just was not pretty from so the bridge and I'd i want to move there i'm thinking oh my gosh and this man i've just married says whoa look at that place let's go there and i thought oh okay <laughs> so uh it took me a few minutes Following to, your to, guy. yeah but you know once we <clears throat> once we got in and started looking at the buildings and and the town it just called to us we weren't
0: that well, certainly we got history
1: weren't put off at all so yeah so yeah. we moved in and uh Bought a four-unit building on Second Street and went about renovating it. Yep.
0: Yeah. So you did that when did it, after moving here. How long did it take before you found the quadrant?
1: It was ten years.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're working Easton Events, uh, which actually in the Rare Arts Building. Can mm-hmm. you tell me? Yes, it yes. was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I think he bought this place in '83. Uh, yeah,
1: we moved here in '85. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and how long did you work the events? Uh, business.
1: Oh my gosh, it was a few years. I I don't even remember exactly. Yeah. Well, that kind of sets you up. I mean,
0: you've been very involved in all the events in the East and historically. I mean, you've been right there. I have in in a lot uh, of them. So I mean, it sounds like that kind of set you on that path.
1: It did. I was uh, I was there at the inception of the um, uh, Scarecrow Festival. Yep. I actually ran the very first one and stayed involved with that for many years. And I worked on the um, Riverside Festival of the Arts. Yeah for a bit and you know some things with the kids daycare and just I was uh, part of the organization pride right from I was at their organizational meeting the first one they had
0: and pride I can't remember what it, what was the acronym proud stands renaissance,
1: for- proud renaissance in downtown Easton
0: ah yeah which was the precursor to EBA exactly right and you and Anthony Maricini when did he he was part of pride too
1: um, you know, probably, uh, boy, Anthony's been around a long time, I, long yeah. enough that I don't even remember exactly when I came to know him or of him. So sure. he's kind of the fabric, part of the fabric of the city. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's actually been one of the nice things about talking with you and talking about people like Anthony, you know, who have been around forever and really gives us a historic, you know, uh, vantage point for, you know, what's, what's gone on in Easton. Um, you are backing off from Quadrant. Am I right?
1: Well, I, I think maybe it's time for me to uh, not have to work so hard, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only we could uh, all. If, if, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm not very shy about work, but um, I'm, my son is the chef and I think uh, it's a journey that I would like to watch him go on taking over the quadrant. So I'm not leaving it completely. Um, yeah. But we have some very exciting things going on. We're putting in a full kitchen. Full commercial kitchen to give him, you know, rain in and we're going to we're going to put a. um,
0: So that's not going to fit in this current space. You must be shifting things around.
1: Yeah. The the back two rooms are going to become the coffee house, and the front where we've been putting out more food than anyone should have to on a tiny little grill. Uh, That's going to become our drink center. Uh, And then we're going to um, fence in the courtyard and expand it. So we'll have a a bigger outside area. Very beautiful space. That's uh, wonderful. Yeah, so I'll be kind of in the background and maybe floating through the room, you know, smiling and waving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Smile and wave,
0: boys. Smile and wave. Yeah, but uh, I
1: think he's going to do amazing culinary things there. That's great. And then, of course, the books will still be there. Andy is still, you know, finding amazing books and getting them on the shelves every day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so how might, I'm very curious, I mean, the whole book, like back to the bookshop uh, mm-hmm. slash coffeehouse. Um, are books a, draw, a big draw. They are. That's interesting.
1: They are. Yeah. It was funny because everybody said, you know, when eBooks came out and all of these, you know, handheld readers that it was going to be the sure. death of books. Well, that's
0: mostly new things. When people are interested in older books. They're interested in older they're, books. They're interested
1: in older books. So yeah. it, you know, people who don't read thought if they got an e-reader, they would become readers. Yeah. And they did not. People who love to read got e-readers and still read books. Yeah. So, you know, there's nothing like, you know, holding that book in your hand. There's nothing like, you know, going through the stacks and finding the book you didn't know you needed. It's sure. Just yeah, yeah. there, you know. And and people come in and you can see when it's somebody who's, you know, very book oriented because they just kind of, they take a breath and they pause a minute and then they just melt into the stacks. Oh, no, that's neat. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it was funny because, you know, my dad being a book collector, mm-hmm. I mean, we read you know, a lot. I mean, I, I still read 40 books a year. Um, but I do mostly audible uh, audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried doing the e reader. And like you said, I, that just, you know, it's one thing to listen to it and sort of multitask, you know, do the cleaning and everything while you're listening to something. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to sit there and try to read a tablet or. And it just doesn't—not a lot of tactile pleasure in that. Is there one book, one (laughs) e-book, and I have probably ten of them that Mm -hmm. I wanted to read, Mm -hmm. but just can't do that thing. I need the actual book. Mm -hmm. Uh, And actually, because I do presentations and things, I do a lot of research, reading books uh, to to research uh, topics. The if if I listen to a book and it sounds good, then I need to have a hard copy.
1: There you go. <laughs> so I, I need to have the hard to So I have an extensive library. But, it,
0: but it's just like every book, I, I think, ooh, this is, this is something I mm-hmm. need to be able to kind of page back and forth.
1: Yeah. And yeah. you have to have them around you in your house. They, oh, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't
0: know what to do if I, I mean, I grew up that way and mm-hmm. it's just got to have books.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so um, what else is going on? Anything else happening? The renovations, 30-year anniversary. Uh, garlic garlicville's still happening your son is doing amazing things
1: mm-hmm. yeah um, you know I'm with my granddaughter a lot you may have seen her downtown she uh, is yeah. quite the fixture downtown uh, so I, I spend a lot of time with her which is a real joy in my life and I have a new granddaughter who's uh, 11 months old Ooh. my son had a yeah. little girl That's great. Uh, iris and so between between penny and iris I the, they kind of get all my extra time and and part of my yearning for more extra time is to be with them sure yeah
0: yeah I get that yeah. that's great
1: yeah but I do love I do love watching East and grow I do love watching the new business owners come in especially the small shop owners because I mm-hmm. see the passion for the city and the love for the city and I see them watching the city and adjusting their business and you know working towards you know being really solid and staying here. Um, so on North Third Street, where the Quadrant is, that's long been kind of a driving street, you know, from mm-hmm. 22 up to 78. People mostly drove Third Street. Northampton Street, I always felt, had a more walkable, <clears throat> I don't know, sort of vibe. Yeah. Maybe because there were more shops. Right. But on North Third Street uh, now, there's more and more shops um, opening up, and some some really great places to you know dip in and out of, and and it's called Millionaire's Row. Mm -hmm. Um, historically. That's uh, the name it was because a lot of the people with money built really big houses there. And of course, the um, um, Third Street Alliance is across the street from me in that gorgeous, Gorgeous, gorgeous breathtaking, what a view. I love looking out the, you know, the window at that. Oh, yeah. So um, I've been kind of talking to some of the other shop owners on the street about kind of rebranding the street a little and kind of bringing it up to, um, kind of up to, The same awareness that people might have on Center Square or on Northampton Street. But uh,
0: rebranding it, I mean, with like not using Millionaire's Row. No, using Millionaire's Row, but just, I guess,
1: refreshing refreshing the the brand maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's me.
1: So, so I've, you know, I've had a lot of chance to interact with a lot of the shop owners. And, and that really, it's kind of like going to the EBA mixers. It really invigorates you. And, you know, it, it energizes you. It reminds you why you're in business and, and who sure. else is out there. Like, and, like-minded
0: people, you know, yeah. getting together and, you know, talking about, yeah, keep, you know, a single vision.
1: Yeah, it, keep, it keeps you excited. Yeah, so oh, that's, that's great. That's kind of nice. Um, and I am currently sort of helping a, another festival get its feet um lehigh valley space fest ah, yes so they're on their second year and i'm trying very hard to ju- to just counsel them
0: yeah yeah not get real involved but not get real involved
1: but, <laughs> real involved, but yeah. it, it's exciting watching uh, you know another festival take root and this one's in the west ward so it's held up at yeah. uh, paxinosa school so that's that's really exciting to watch too some of the things that have been so kind of in been in downtown, right? Almost every any reaching bit. up into the neighborhoods. Yeah, actually,
0: that's true. I mean, not only that, the uh, the uh, West Ward got its own farmers market, and mm-hmm. uh, and now to have a, its festival, uh, yeah. you know, it is, is expanding. I mean, everything doesn't need to be downtown.
1: No, oh. it does. It does not. It's it's really good when it's a little bit of everywhere. There should be more things than you could possibly get to.
0: Right. <laughs> well, it's starting to get that way. It I, is you know, going. Ooh, I'd love to do that, but I just can't squeeze it in. Mm-hmm. Um. The uh, a question I, I had was you mentioning, you know, seeing the businesses come in and do you, do you find yourself kind of going, oh, that's going to go well. And, uh, you know, and look at other businesses and going, I don't think that's going to last.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm full of all kinds of opinions, Mark, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I also I also try to be very full of hope. You know, I try to yeah. watch what someone's doing and, you know, kind of see how they're going about it. And, you know, just hope that it's solid and stays because any business that succeeds helps all of us it just makes the downtown stronger
0: I mean every time we have an open space you know it it just you know is one open space that doesn't draw people in um I one of the things you know with COVID and everything everything closing down is um you know it was it was I got uh, you know with Heather was ill and uh you know I got really out of touch Mm -hmm. with the business community and Coming back and trying to get get to know people again, uh, it was interesting to note who who had opened, and who who ended up closing. And uh, there's always a you know, people come again and people closing. Uh, certainly, we hope to accumulate more openings than closings.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's so important to find a way to push people beyond Center Square, beyond that first block of Center yeah. Square. Um, you know, I always say people should stroll the ring road. There's some just really great shops on Ferry Street, Second Street, mm-hmm. Spring Garden Street, you know, just the full two blocks beyond the circle. And uh, I really think that people should come downtown and stroll the ring road and see some of these other shops. That could be a festival. Couldn't it, though? Yeah. You could run it. <laughs> I'll tell you how. <laughs> <laughs> there we go.
0: Consulting. That's, that's where you are, Joe. Consulting. That's, work right into that. Well, this has been great. Uh, great getting to hear that history and your history. And is there something I, we haven't chatted yet about that you'd like to throw in there?
1: You know, I, I don't think so. We, we talked about so many things. Um, but I, I just do, I really have a, a passion for Easton. And I think that stems from the people that I've met here. You know, I'm far from home, yeah. but I'm at home you know we we gathered a family around us in the community yeah. here and and watching all the businesses support each other and reach out to each other and be there for each other really makes it easy to be a, a resident of Easton yeah really does yeah. so
0: you know it was funny we, we moved down here to help take care of Carl Sterner mm-hmm. as, as he was you know I Ill recall and when dying. you came mm-hmm. yeah and the uh, you know when he passed the uh, people were asking so are you so you going to move back to Maine mm-hmm. and going, no, this is a great community. Mm -hmm. And the businesses really, truly embraced us and helped us. Mm -hmm. And it is that kind of community. And it does feel like home.
1: It is. You know, we had a, we had a situation once, um, Penny Seven, seven years ago, um, our, our, the heat plant broke in our building. And that was it was not a nut we could crack we did not have the resources to do that and it was a very sudden thing and um you know we were told we had to close the building and uh, boy this community gathered around us i
0: yeah i remember i
1: don't even know what you do to deserve the kind of outpouring that we got but this community came together and helped us raise the money we needed to keep going and the only reason the quadrant is still here. It's because all those people said no, we we want you to stay. And yeah. oh my gosh, it was humbling and oh I don't there's hard, I hardly still to this day have words, you know, for how amazing that yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you you don't leave a place like that, right? You, right. Yeah when you get here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, Joe, it's been great talking to you. And uh, Joe Moranville, the Quadrant Book and Coffee Shop.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yep. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to Hello Easton PA. This is Mark Nutting, hoping that you'll stop by again to find out more about your fellow Eastonians. Have a great day.